session of this uh, event. I don't know if there is any gladiator music to present to introduce us. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> well, thank you again for being here and following us. Uh, I thank all the people who are connecting uh, on the streaming online. Well, um, I apologize for the slight issues that we had at the very beginning of the event, but uh, believe me, it was not easy. In the short time that we gave ourselves uh, and in the face of several difficulties to organize this event. However, we succeeded and for it I would like to thank first uh, all the members of my staff uh, and all of the staffs of my colleagues, my colleagues themselves who are here. All of them worked tirelessly to solve all the problems and arrange everything necessary. And I'm really proud to be part of this wonderful team and to be able to host so many members of the global scientific community here in the Parliament at a conference that I don't think it's exaggerated to call unique and historic, both in terms of topics covered and of the volume and quality of its talks. The institutional venue in which this event is being held and the cross-section of political groups that together have worked to host it are further relevant aspects that allow us to call the International COVID Summit 3 an outstanding global event. But as uh, as am I a member uh, of the European Parliament, I want to take the opportunity immediately to focus on a political point, which is of interest of the European institutions. The European Court of Auditors, in its audit of the management of joint purchases of the so-called COVID vaccines, expressly recommended that the Commission review the contractual clauses that shield the multinational manufacturers from any liability for damages due to adverse effects to inoculated people once final marketing approval is released. With the period of conditional approval for emergency use having ended, therefore, any alibi for relieving the pharmaceutical companies for, from all responsibility has lapsed after they have been profiting hundreds of billions of euros from the sale of these drugs, thanks to millions of euros received in public funding for research and development of them. The European Commission must take action on this point and it must do it now with no further delay. And believe me, we will jointly demand for that in our institutional uh, power. Adverse effects uh, to the COVID vaccines uh, have been reported and recorded worldwide, largely than ever expected, despite just a passive surveillance system having been implemented, which suggests that there are in fact many more adverse effects than the official data show and with rates of serious harms and deaths never previously recorded for any vaccine. People hit by serious damage have been demanding justice for two years now. We think that definitely they deserve it 
and we are working to ensure that they got it. However, the financial burner of burden of what it will take at least to at least financially repay their suffering cannot be placed on the states and thus on taxpayers' pockets. We are just as determined to fight for the compensation of the aggrieved vaccinated people as we have been in exposing discrimination against the unvaccinated and in seeking and telling the truth about the mismanagement of the COVID pandemic emergency and about the safety and efficacy of the so-called vaccines. This conference will provide the public with additional very important information on these issues. But I will also, it will also allow all the scientists gathered here and the physicians who will speak today to get to know each other better and strengthen the network between them. This network works to give people those solutions and answers that governments have denied them so that they can recover their health when it has been lost or put at risk due to wrong harmful therapies. Finally, I hope that this event will help the, all the lawyers who defend harmed people in collating scientific documentation in order to support their civil or criminal actions against those responsible for these countless acts of harm. I hope that the prosecutor's offices and the courts that are or will be invested with them will know how to do their work at best with courage and fidelity to values of the Republic there are, that are justice and human dignity. The time of silence, connivance and resignation is over. We have been from day one on the side of truth, democracy and freedom, even in the harshest moments and despite the personal attacks the accusations and derision by so many self-styled experts and most of the media. We have not stopped, but rather we have united and organized more and more and better. And today, more than ever, we are convinced that truth pays out and honesty is worth. Thank you so much to all those who have fought together with us or with others, publicly or quietly, to defend people's health, freedom, and lives. History and God, at least, we give you credit for that. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you for all of you being here, coming here. Uh, travels you traveled all around the world just to be here and that is so very important because one thing they were trying to do in the beginning is to actually isolate all of us that's what they were trying to do and uh, my number or my favorite unscrupulous wef puppet is probably justin trudeau and he coined it um they're just a small French minority having unacceptable views at that. It's a no-go. Well, I will have you know, I'm a proud member of that small French minority. 
were they actually doing? Well, they were instilling a sense of disenfranchisement, isolating people. And I'm particularly grateful that uh, Mr. Christoph uh, uh, pointed that out in, in his presentation, because that was part of the game. They wanted to isolate us because isolated people, it's called gaslighting triangulation, which is actually psychological abuse. They subjected us to a state of psychological warfare. That's what we had to deal with. But you know what, looking at all of you, they did not succeed. Because globally, the networking began. And I'm so grateful and I feel so blessed to see so many people that I have had the pleasure to meet personally in these past two years. Thanks again for coming because we actually are a big family now and they have no idea how many of us there actually are. It's billions. <laughs> But we are really up against a lot. Um, you might have followed um, the work we have done with my colleagues and uh, Ivan Sinchic, Chris Santorhash in the COVID committee. And despite everything we shed light on, despite all the lies, despite all the false narratives, despite all the misinformation, we uncovered and actually forced them to having to admit to, despite all of that, they are still determined to pull through with their plan. We just reviewed the draft report of the COVID committee and in this COVID, in this report, uh, I can tell you every single lie is being repeated. They do not stop. One example, the report is 56 pages long, contains 4,480 words. How many times do you think the word adverse side effect is mentioned? How many times? One single time, but not in the way you think it is. Make no mistake. I will tell you what it says. The committee requires the uh, member states, the EU commission and the manufacturers of these mRNA injections, well, it doesn't say that there, but requires them to more clearly communicate adverse side effects in an orchestrated concerted kind of way in order to, and that's the point they're trying to make, in order to prevent the spread of disinformation and fake news. That is what they're after. It's not about the adverse side effects. That is just one example in this report. Like I said, every single lie is being repeated. And as I have been saying, uh, and unfortunately it turned out to be true, um, this whole COVID madness, this so-called pandemic, it was just a test balloon, a gigantic test balloon. Well, for what you ask? Well, to see how far they could go, to see what exactly they would have to do to get free individuals in a free and democratic society to consent to being forced into compliance. 
That's what they were trying to establish. That's what they were trying to figure out. And they have, they have figured it out. Trust me, they are much smarter now. The goal ultimately is to transform our free and democratic societies um, yeah, into totalitarian societies. Their goal is to strip each and every one of us of our fundamental rights of freedom, democracy, the rule of law. They want to get rid of all of this. And they're robbing us of our identity, whether it be our national identity, our cultural identity. They won't even stop to rob us of our sexual identity. The very core of who we are, they don't even stop there. It has, this whole COVID thing had never anything to do with public health. It never had anything to do with breaking waves. It always had to do with breaking people in order to make us a part of a mindless, malleable mass, which they can totally control. And we will be completely dependent upon this globalitarian elite. That's what they have in store for us. You're sitting in the EU parliament but you can take any kind of international governing body or organization. It is no longer by the people, for the people. From now on, it will be by the globalitarian elites, for the globalitarian elites, and nothing else. So I'm really imploring the people and all the peoples around the world, for God's sake, stop giving your democratically elected governments the benefit of the doubt. They are not deserving of that. They are not. Stop rationalizing whatever your government is doing. Try stop rationalizing and come up with some good intentions. They have no good intentions. Never, as I said before, in the entire history of mankind, there has never been a political elite concerned about the well-being of regular people. And it isn't any different now. Why should it stop giving them the benefit of the doubt? Because I can tell you, you cannot comply your way out of a tyranny. It is impossible. Trying to do so, you will only feed a gigantic alligator in the hopes of being eaten last. But guess what? Your turn will come and then you will be the one swallowed up. I also have to ask the people, end your silence, speak up. For God's sake, stop complying. Start rebelling. They're out to get you if you do not resist. I would also urge you to stop voting for those who inflict the psychological abuse on you, who mock you for their own good. And here and then, 
I think of a quote by Lenin, actually, no less. He once said, it is true, freedom is so precious, so precious that it has to be carefully rationed. Lenin, and that's what they're doing in this place, believe it or not, exactly that. And that's what's happening all over the world right now, especially in the Western democracies. Freedom or being carefully rationed. Well, I will not go by that. That is not my motto. I prefer Albert Camus because I have decided in order to deal with this unfree world, to defy this unfree world, I have decided to become so absolutely free that my very existence is an act of rebellion. And that's what we all need to do. So I will continue to fight and I'm sure my colleagues will continue to fight the globalitarian elite. I am determined to do whatever it takes to bring them down. They have us to reckon with now, and that's why they hate us so much. Because we, we, we bother them, we, we are a nuisance, we're annoying them, and we are exposing whatever they're planning for us. Uh, sometimes it's, it's not that much fun to constantly be accused of, you know, just about everything and anything. But we can at least say, however this pans out in the end, at least we will not stand accused by our grandchildren to having stood by in silence. We will not have to justify to our grandchildren why we were followers. It's not us, we're not followers, we're critic, critical thinkers and we will expose all of that. So we will not have to answer to our grandchildren why this happened again, I might add, again. They haven't learned anything. But, and I'm convinced of that, that small French minority, it is so huge. Like I said, it's billions and billions of people around the globe. So the gaslighting, the psychological abuse, uh, none of this will actually happen. And if I've come to realize one thing in these past three years, it is this. I'm an elected representative of the people, by the people, for the people. I represent your best interests. But I've come to realize my most important job actually is to break the psychological abuse because this psychological abuse only works if there is no contradicting voices. So I have come to realize my most important job to serve in the best interest of the people is to actually use my voice to break the psychological abuse, expose their lies and give the people validation. That's what they needed. And that's what they needed to actually stand up, take to the streets 
and fight this. So I will, this is my promise to you. I will always be that voice that will break their despicable psychological abuse pattern. They are criminals and they belong behind bars. That's where they need to go.